This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you nearly every morning at 8am. The reason why I say nearly is although whilst I did join you yesterday at 8am, unfortunately uh, there was a administrative stupid error on my part clicking stupid buttons on StreamYard and unfortunately getting rid of the episode. Uh, So sorry uh, that so many of you guys were unable to watch yesterday's show. Only about a thousand people ended up having to watch, not having to, but uh, chose to watch the video um, before it disappeared. Um, So there was a lucky few, um, but thank you so much to everybody that did and sorry to so many of you that unfortunately couldn't watch yesterday's show because I was an idiot and I deleted it by accident. So uh, Yes, hopefully, fingers crossed, that won't ever happen again. Um, But uh, who knows? I am capable of some silly, silly things. But thank you so much for joining us this morning on what is uh, a big day, potentially, in the saga of Mahalo Mudrik. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about yet another charge from the FA, of course, against Arsenal. And we'll be looking ahead to the North London derby as well. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. As I say, do drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. Good morning to people joining us in the chat box. Uh, Eamon, good morning to you. Chips and Peas, Matt G, Morgie. Uh, We've got Temi Aiden. We've got Ali, Afsar, Martin, Harrison in the chat box. Jose, James. Um, good morning to Golden Chippypo uh, in the chat as well. Uh, Colin, uh, yeah, I won't delete this episode. I'll try my best. I really will. Uh, Peter, good morning to you. Uh, Tom, Wilson, Mike, uh, Dave. And uh, yes, indeed, we'll talk about certain emojis popping up on Instagram stories. Plenty more uh, to discuss in this morning's show. That guy, honestly, we'll get to that. Anyway, yesterday, what we did do and what is available to watch is Arsenal's North London Derby preview as well uh, in the chat box, uh, in the chat box. Well, I mean, people that joined us in the chat box certainly contributed to yesterday's show plenty, but we were also joined by our members from the Discord server to look ahead to the next game. I was joined by Paul, Ojo and Dan to discuss this. So if you haven't already given this a watch, it is the last upload on the channel. So fingers crossed uh, we can see some really good responses to what we've talked about in Sunday's game because 
we were all pretty optimistic. That said, there is a number uh, of uh, people that still feel it's going to be tight, it's going to be close, and we talk about all the ins and outs of the game on our preview, so do make sure you go and check that one out. Now, former Arsenal transfer target, Joao Felix was sent... <laughs> was uh, was set was sent off um in his first game for Chelsea um now i've got to try and not look smug which i know is a problem um because i sometimes and quite often fail uh, at this now he was the best player on the pitch before getting sent off but unfortunately he got sent off um and it was for a really reckless challenge um for I, 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 I actually, I do know why this happened, and I'm going to be very honest, and I'm going to be blunt about this. The, one of the big reasons for my apprehension after learning and hearing more about Joao Felix was the adaption that it would take to the Premier League. It's coming into a completely different league for a completely different system from a completely different mindset and coach to this different space that he's now operating in, and I've never seen a more... Diego Simeone style challenge <laughs> in the existence perhaps of a debut um, and uh, people talk about the fact that he was the best player on the pitch and this had nothing to do with adaption and all this for me this is part of that period of adapting to a new club a new league a new place and uh, that tackle is absolutely down to him it's absolutely I can make the link between that and the adaption period it's going to take to join the Premier League. And now that's cost them upwards of two million, apparently, including wages and part of the loan fee. You know, we're talking about more than half a million a game, comfortably, more than that, that Chelsea will now lose out on Joao Felix being out for the next three games. And they're not in the Cups, you know, so he's not going to be able to miss any FA Cup or League Cup games because of this. They are out. So it will be three Premier League games um, that he will be out for hopefully what we end up seeing is the continuation of this Carver comedic act uh, that <laughs> that is this. So yes, it's Ralph Alex getting sent off in his first game. For me, I, I, I put that down to the adaption, the transition and uh, coming into a new system. So we'll see. <laughs> Goodness me. Anyway, uh, we did talk about this briefly in yesterday's show, but for the benefit of those that obviously didn't get to watch it, I will touch on this. Arsenal did unveil their new Emirates Stadium artwork. It includes uh, a number of pieces, seven so far. There will be eight in total, but the last one is under, uh, still under um, construction, I was going to say, but it's still being finalised, although it is said to be a, a fan-orientated piece. Um, of which will uh, appear on the outside of the Emirates Stadium between now and the game against Manchester United or Brentford. They're hoping to get it up by Man United. It depends on the weather, and the weather's not been too great of late, so it might end up being slightly delayed. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, though, it is indeed up by the Man United game to make the Emirates look that much fresher, um, that much more nostalgic. The connection with the fans, with the club's history is there and the support of clubs around the world and its former uh, kind of its roots as well, too. Is fantastic. So I'd love to get some of your thoughts and comments down in the comment section on uh, how you feel about the artwork. For me, I've seen an overridingly positive um, response to this, which is great. And, you know, there were suggestions that some of the stuff might divide people. But uh, I actually thought that the uh, the response to this was was actually really, really positive. Now, uh, 
Talking about uh, Vinay, I don't know why I've put Vinay onto this, this slide, but Matt Smith, uh, the young uh, 21, two-year-old, uh, is reportedly in talks about an, a possible exit uh, from Arsenal, um, could exit Arsenal this winter, with clubs in the Championship all looking at potentially signing him. QPR is named as one of those potential clubs, Swansea, I think, are another um, but Matt Smith has been with the Arsenal Academy, of course, for quite some time. Still yet to make his senior competitive Arsenal debut. Um, and despite being an impressive young player, probably does not have, unfortunately, a uh, a future at the club. And so there is potential for a permanent exit from the club this winter, as well as a loan exit, once again, depending on what kind of offers Arsenal get. But I imagine quite similar to the Daniel Ballard situation, if you remember that in the summer, Whilst being appreciated by the club and the fans, Matt Smith, uh, probably his future lies away and hopefully Arsenal can make some kind of financial benefit from his exit. But he's a very talented player and I wish him the absolute best wherever he ends up going, either this winter or in the summer. Now, Arsenal target uh, Ismail Benasser uh, has signed a brand new deal with AC Milan, which means that he is not going to be moving any time soon. Uh, the defensive midfielder has signed on with the uh, Italian champions, it's important to say, and was part of that uh, uh, winning side of last season. Uh, he will indeed renew and has renewed his deal for the long-term future. So, unfortunately, no Ismail Benesser turning up at uh, Arsenal in the coming seasons. Now, the perfect deal for Milinkovic Savage is being reported by uh, Calcio and Makata. Of course, we got our little salt shakers out in the chat box. Let's get those emojis flying about because you need to take this as a little bit of a pinch of salt, of course, um, when it comes from Calcio Mercato. But supposedly, Lazio are open to a loan with an obligation to buy a deal for the Serbian international. 10 million euros uh, as a loan fee with then a 40 million euro obligation clause for the summer. Uh, which means that, which means in total, it'd be costing you around forty-five million pounds to get Milinkovic Savic in by the summer. I think this would be a ridiculously great deal for Arsenal um, to, to get involved with if it exists. And that is always the question: whether or not it exists, whether or not it is possible for that to happen. Who knows at this stage? But. The salt shakers are flying about in the chat box this morning because we all know this one requires a little bit of a pinch of salt um, when you're ever talking about Calcio Mercato. Now, our headline story of the day, of course, what else could it be? Um, but the latest news regarding Mihailo Mudrik, broken yesterday by Fabrizio Romano, that Arsenal have indeed submitted a third improved bid for the Ukrainian international is expected to be a bid that has fees closing on 70 million euros up front. Uh, of course, that will be structured, I believe. Um, so that's kind of, the, sorry, not up front. The guaranteed fee is expected to be around just under 70 million euros. That will be structured. That won't all be at once, is my understanding. And then there will be add-ons that, of course, would be activated upon achieving certain circumstances like winning the league, like getting top four, like winning the Champions League, like winning the Ballon d'Or. You know, these kinds of things get included in players' contracts quite often. Uh, it could take the deal upwards of 80 million euros. We'll have to wait and see. I've mentioned to you for some time that it was my understanding that there's been a bit of a reluctance from the club to make Mudrik their record signing. However, with the way in which they have been very, very uh, aggressive with this one, putting in bid after bid and now another bid as well, they are clearly willing to push to try and get this deal done. It may mean that Mudrik, should the add-ons be activated, become the club's 
record signing. We'll have to wait and see for the final figures if indeed this deal does happen. Um, but yes, not only that, but you probably saw in his Instagram story last night, now deleted, uh, that he put after this news broke uh, the praying emoji. Uh, we know that, of course, Madrid is a very uh, religious guy um, and, uh, and, and has his faith. So uh, it's unsurprised to see this. However, I think we can read more into that than just it being a one-off kind of type of thing. We also saw a post with his cat, uh, Cam, in the chat box, hashtag free Mudrick's cat, loving that, um, of which in the background he, of course, had an image of him superimposed into an Arsenal shirt watching a Ukrainian transfer video talking about his potential move to Arsenal. We all know the story now. He wants to move to Arsenal. He wants to come. Arsenal want to sign him. Shakhtar hopefully will indeed come under their 100 million euro valuation of the player. There was also some really interesting uh, comments that came out yesterday from uh, a Ukrainian coach as well that was basically talking about the fact that the idea that he was being compared to Anthony is kind of ridiculous. In fact, I'll get you that. It was... uh, Horozhny, uh, Vlacheslav Horozhny, who I've absolutely butchered the name of, he says there is no need to draw a parallel with Anthony. He played so much for Ajax and proved himself there. Mudrik is not yet a well-known footballer, a dark horse for Europe, who shot his uh, who shot in this season in the Champions League. Um, now, he, of course, he did go on to start talking about how the fact that he feels that he would still be a starter for Arsenal. He thinks he would start above Gabriel Martinelli, who is still said to be recovering from kind of his performances at the World Cup. And I think we can all agree that Martinelli has not maybe returned with his performances in the same flourishes that we saw before the World Cup. I don't think that's too far out there to suggest. I'm not saying he's been bad. I'm just saying he's not been maybe the, the, like the same player he was before he went to, uh, to the World Cup of Brazil. So Mudrik, I think we can agree, will be in competition with Gabriel Martinelli between now and the end of the season. And uh, of course, we'll find rotation and we have European football to come. And of course, coming off the bench is going to be a massive asset for us both now and hopefully integrating himself and establishing himself in the future. It means that if Arsenal get this deal done, Arsenal have three of the most talented young wide players in the world of such a certain age of Martinelli, Saka and Mudrik. My goodness. And and Smith-Rowe, you could argue, you know, who can play very comfortably in a wide position. Um, Now, not only that, but it would mean that Arsenal have probably locked down two of the highest regarded Ukrainian international footballers. Now, for Football.London, I've written a piece and I should say, and always should uh, talk about this, is the fact that um, I talk about football 24-7 all the time. And uh, we have a brilliant group chat here at TGT in which I was talking with our good pal Drew and John about this. Uh, John's got his links to Ukraine, of course, and we were talking about the ideas around Mudrik. And I was also having a discussion with Andrew Todos of Zoya Londonsk uh, about this as well, uh, about the fact that if Arsenal managed to lock down Mudrik, they have got themselves the two main focuses of Ukrainian footballists at this moment in time with the youngest, most exciting homegrown talent to come out of the country and the team's future captain, who has captained the side several times already in Zinchenko. If you're a young Ukrainian guy coming up, being um, or girl, to be fair, you know, you think about the women's team, and they've got this, um, this brilliant amount of talent coming through, and you're now looking at Arsenal as this kind of pinnacle for players of Ukrainian background to make that switch. And it is going to give Arsenal a huge boost for, you know, young people, young supporters out there in Ukraine as well. Um, It is, uh, yeah, a really, really good move from so many different standpoints beyond just the individual player. 
Um, it is a benefit to the club beyond that as well. And this is one of the reasons. So I've written about this in detail on uh, football.london. So do go and read the piece over there. Uh, you should be aware of the fact that in 2019, the Ukraine under-20s won the World Cup. So this is certainly um, a, a position whereby we're seeing a lot of young talent come through with this country. And Arsenal are getting themselves now two of the highest regarded players to come through in the last however many years. Uh, so it's exciting stuff. And I look forward to getting more uh, from this to update you with in the coming days. Fingers crossed, Shakhtar secure uh, the, the money that they want and Arsenal are able to secure, of course, uh, the player that they have been looking for for so, so long. Okay, let's move to part two and your questions. And of course, to tackle this FA charge as well, right after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, so let's. we're going to get to questions. But first of all, I have to talk about, and for some reason, I don't know why the internet's a little bit dodgy, so apologies if I'm a little bit blurry on your screen today. If that's the case, I might throw up the Q&A uh, slides that we have so you don't have to stare at my blurry face as much. There we go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I have to talk about this ridiculous thing that is happening to Arsenal right now. Arsenal have been charged for the second game in a row for a breach of a rule that is said to basically be in regards to failing to control players. Now, Arsenal were, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of evidence regarding the Newcastle game. You know, people lost their minds. Uh, players lost their heads a bit in that. I can see why they were charged. I don't have too much of an issue with the Newcastle game, to be honest. Uh, Zinchenko was booked for dissent as well. There's even evidence of the fact. Um, there's even evidence of the fact that... Uh, that they've been charged, like that, the why they should have been charged. So I have not had too much problem with the Newcastle game. However, the Oxford game is just ridiculous. And I'm sorry, but it is just doubling down and making a little bit of a rod for their backs of the FA um, if with these incidents. Now, I tweeted out with a number of examples of others, um, of other times this has happened. Some have been charged, some haven't. Last night in the game against Fulham, as soon as any players surrounded the referees, you could see your Twitter timelines explode with the amount of people talking about the fact that Fulham better get a uh, uh, some kind of uh, breach of regulations charge because they surrounded the referee. There's images of, of David Coote, the same referee that was refereeing our game against Oxford, it should be noted. Um, the same amount of players surrounding him. Uh, Reem, who is the Fulham captain, was not one of those. The same way as Rob Holding, who was the Arsenal captain, was not one of the players surrounding the referee against Oxford. What bugs me, though, about the Oxford game is that no one was booked. Like, If, if, there was, if someone was acting uh, out of turn, if there was misconduct 
Why was no one booked? Like Zinchenko was booked against Newcastle, so I don't really have too many complaints about the Newcastle one, to be honest. But nobody was booked. The referee clearly didn't feel that anyone had stepped across the line because he didn't feel the need to punish anybody. I don't think Arsenal player, any Arsenal player on the field at all in the entire game got a yellow card during the match against Oxford. We all know that there is there's something, I'm sorry, there's something silly. Allegedly, let's protect ourselves. Allegedly, there's something silly going on here. There's, there's something silly going on here. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous to think that anything other than Arsenal being picked on is what's going on. Allegedly. Um, so prepare yourselves for a North London derby that is sure to see some quite ridiculous decisions, I'm sure. We'll break those down. We'll talk about that as soon as feasibly possible when we see what happens. Hopefully, maybe the mind games, the tactics of Arteta have worked. I think there is a little bit of mind games and preempting a certain decision being made on Sunday happening. Um, I hope that that we see a fair and well-officialed game uh, on Sunday because we are going to be following every game and we are going to be taking note of every single time a referee is surrounded by at least four or more players. Because that's what Arsenal did. You know, yes, they were calling for a penalty that, by the way, was a penalty. Like, with no VAR, you need to make those calls. <laughs> you need to put the pressure on the referee. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, we're going to go to your questions now in the chat box. You might have some questions about this. I'm sure you'll have some questions about transfers. Um, but we're going to go to your questions now and get and get some of those answered. Okay, uh, let's go to um, Balaji, who says, uh, planning on getting a new Arsenal shirt. Which player should I get? Maybe hold out a little bit, Balaji. See if we sign anyone this window. I managed to get myself this brand new Arsenal European training kit from this season. Uh, at the end of the year, we get a little voucher at work. And one of the things you can spend it on is the Arsenal website. So I did. And I did just that. And I think we can all agree that this is not as good as the away kit, sure. But it's a pretty nice training kit. So, uh, yes, I, I absolutely love this one. It's it's nice. I'm hoping that the connection is now pretty clear and you can see me fine. Um, let's go to... Do, 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 do. Uh, Wade says, did you see the game yesterday evening? The Fulham players surrounding the referee all the time. Um, <laughs> we won't get any sanctions at all uh, because they are not Arsenal and we get held differently. It's as simple as that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dan says, Tom, I failed con- you failed to control your camera. And apparently the FA are going to charge me for that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I went blurry and now the FA might have a go at me um, for the blur surrounding me. Uh, Isoa says, can't Arsenal take this to a higher court and challenge these types of charges? I'm not really sure if they can for these types of things. There isn't really anything. I suppose they can do what a number of other clubs have done and like send in official complaints about the PGMOL, but it's not the PGMOL that have charged Arsenal it's the FA and if the, if it comes from the referee's report which I don't know as I don't know how these things go through the channels and whatever but surely someone should have been booked I'm sorry to bring this up again but I just feel as though someone if, if there was any misconduct there should have been a booking but no Arsenal player has been booked in this entire game so it really is a shame now what we should say is I don't like the idea of saying it's only Arsenal and I saw a number of people put up a number of pictures of instances this season where players are surrounded the referee and ironically they actually were charged so Manchester United against Chelsea uh they were charged for that incident I've seen people put that one up on social media they were charged for that surrounding the referee they do charge other teams believe it or not go down the FA spokesperson Twitter feeds and you'll see them charging plenty of teams but 
uh, what we can agree is that just the bar has been set now incredibly low, especially when you're going on Arsenal back-to-back, especially when you're going back-to-back on Arsenal. So don't you worry, we will be making a collection of all the examples that we see over this weekend, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty, plenty of examples. Um, Anthony says, have you looked up the rule number on the FA official website? It's to do with the crowd slash supporters being out of control and nothing to do with the players. They're making it up as they go along. I have seen this. A number of people have tweeted me to suggest this is the case. I did go back over the FA FA spokesperson Twitter feed and it looks like they're, they're citing that specific rule every single time and then regarding it as the players. So I don't know if there's like if it's outdated the website that we're looking at or if it counts for players and fans. I don't really know, but they keep citing that ruling rather than anything else. So I'm not sure that it is the case that that's a mistake because they keep on citing it and it might just be the information that's on the website is out of date, but I'm not sure. Um, We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Let's go to uh, Paul says every game Liverpool play, they have one or more incidents where three or more players surround the referee. So why are we always being singled out? Bernie says, what do these charges actually mean? Is it money? How do they sanction us? Why is it not consistent? Why is there no collaboration between all clubs demanding consistency? To be honest, I'm not really sure um, how this might affect us if this continues to happen. If you know what I mean, um, I don't know if it's just going to continue being an increasing amount of money and financial charges. I don't know if we'll start seeing suspensions or uh, managers being sent to stands or crowds not being allowed to go to get. I don't know how this works, to be honest. It's not very clear. They never really make it very clear. And that's why they can just do it so freely. Um, but uh, I really am not sure. Uh, I don't know regarding the clubs about going up against the PGMOL or going up against the FA. Um I'm sure there would be an interest in seeing the improvement of officiating in the country. So why wouldn't that be the case? Um, Dan says, Tom, are you going to be going to the Emirates Artwork Exhibition? I'm going today. Well, enjoy. And of course, you can go and view all of the artworks in the Angel. Unfortunately, I'm working throughout the periods that uh, they are being displayed. So I'm not going to get a chance, unfortunately, to go up and see the artwork. So I will be waiting, of course, until it goes up outside the Emirates, which either, as I say, will be against Man United, unless whether has been unable to stop that, or it'll be going up ahead against the Brentford game. So there you go. Um, And says, what do you think will put more pressure on Mudrick to succeed at this club? The price tag or the media post that he is putting up? I think he's a player that will thrive on this pressure. You know, I'm not concerned about this. I know there are some people concerned about the pressure associated with this move. Right now, I've seen a player that's got the expectation on his shoulders. He's walked off of the Bernabeu with a, a round of applause. He can deal with big moments, and we've seen him deal with big moments. So I'm not concerned. What I will be concerned about, of course, is if he comes in and fails to transition quick enough. Um, that's going to always be a bit of concern, especially with him not necessarily being a starter straight away. Like you look at Joao Felix, for instance, yesterday in the team straight away playing. I don't think he would have done that at Arsenal. I don't think he would have started over our front three. I think he would have been on the bench. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why he managed to, why he decided to go to Chelsea as well, not only because of the finances, because he was being guaranteed minutes. And that was really important to him. With Mudrick, he isn't going to start for a straight away. He is going to be coming off the bench. He is going to be coming into those Europa League games or maybe the FA Cup game if we sign him soon enough against Manchester City. That could be his first start if we sign him this week, say. It could be his first start against City. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see if we get the deal done first. But uh, it will be an interesting scenario, um, however he comes into the team. But I think he'll deal with the pressure hands. I think that he is. Uh, they are very sold on this guy. They are very convinced 
by him. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about that one. Now, Alan says, Tom, do you think Mudrick has a higher ceiling than Martinelli? From all the comps in the Champions League, I felt like that. What do you think? I, Ali, I'm gonna, Alan, I'm going to be very, very honest with you. I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know who has the highest ceiling right now. I need to see Mudrick playing at the same level that Martinelli has played at. I know that Mudrick has played in the Champions League where Martinelli hasn't, but I still need to kind of see it at Arsenal. I think both of them have got great ceilings. I think Martinelli's got that versatility maybe more so than what Mudrick does. I think that Martinelli can play on the same team as Mudrick on the right-hand side through the middle. I think we've got options to use. Um, but it's great to have so many quality players, isn't it? Like We need to follow this Man City model of having competition. If it means spending this much money on a player that isn't even going to start for you every week, that is the sign of a club that wants to push towards establishing itself as a title challenger. Jack Grealish, 100 million quid, doesn't start every week because they've got Foden, they've got Mares, they've got Bernardo Silva, they've got Julian Alvarez, they've got uh, Cole Palmer. Um, you know, So all of these things mean that ultimately Arsenal need to spend big, but it doesn't mean they're always going to spend big on a player that's going to start week in, week out. It means they're going to sign a player that can start for us, but is going to be in competition with our current starters. So there you go. Um, Manu says, Tom, I've got a feeling that Mudrick's on the back of your shirt already. You know more than we do. You tell us. We demand to see the back of your shirt. I can tell you there is nothing, nothing on there. So sorry, there's nothing. This is a training shirt anyway. So the only thing you can actually get on is like the little initials in the middle. I didn't do that. I don't think you needed to see me put TC in the middle of that. I have got some Adidas trainers with some, with TC on them, but I don't feel like I needed to have uh, a TC on the middle of a training shirt. That might be going a little bit too far. That said, I might have a little channel surprise coming for you in a, a couple of weeks or so. We'll see. Um, just a little bit of a trial thing. Uh, Rich says, I worry we need to send Lakonga on loan now for his... Uh, uh, for his what? For his sake. Oh, I see. Sorry. <laughs> and then we need to replace him. Do you think there's any prospect of doing that in January? No, I think he'll stay until the end of the season and I think he'll go on loan in the summer. That that would be my prediction on that one. Um, Peter says, Tom, do you think these FA charges are a kind of defection to take away, deflection rather, are to take away from the poor performances of the referees? Maybe, maybe, because they need to cover their tracks because the officiating quality, as we know, is ridiculously poor in the league. Maybe it's because of that. Um, it's not a bad theory at all. Uh, Mark says, what is the punishment for these charges? Again, I don't really know. I don't know what the punishments are. Uh, and that kind of makes it even more of a joke, if anything else. Uh, Tom says, I bought my away kit without a name to make it both more timeless and easier to wear in everyday life than more subtle look. Uh, also, because I like too many of the players in the current squad. Look, Tom, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got the black away shirt. I wear it with pride and I wear Martin Odegaard's name on the back of it as if I am Martin Odegaard. So I have no problem uh, with having a name on the back of a shirt. It used to be something that was like a phase, like when you were a kid, you got names on the back. There's like a little phase in the middle where I was like, mm, I'm not sure I want to put names on the back of shirts um, because I had Walcott, I had Alexis Sanchez, I had Ozil, I had Van Persie, I had Fabregas. And they all left in rather certain... Oh, not necessarily Walcott. They all left in rather um, not the best circumstances, shall we say. So I had a bad habit of, of getting player names on the back of shirts that never ended up doing anything uh, good in the end. And they left us for somebody else or left in bad circumstances. I never got a Bamiang. I never got Lacazette. So I can't say that. But I've had in recent seasons, you know, this season I've got Martinelli. I've got Odegaard. I've got Gabriel Jesus. Uh, last season's shirts. I didn't get anyone on the back of the away home or third kit. I didn't get any names last season. Actually, this might be the first season where I'm starting to go names again. So 
Yeah, last season I didn't get any names. This season we're doing names. Next season we'll probably do names as well, to be fair. Uh, V-Dub says, uh, Tom, how do you think Martinelli will deal with all the Mudrick hype? And when he comes, do you think it will be a negative or a positive reaction? I think Martinelli's getting a little bit comfortable. You know, I think his performance levels are dipping a bit. Smith Rowe coming back will hopefully help with that. Um, So there's nothing wrong with competition. Nothing wrong at all. I think he'll thrive on the pressure. He wants to stay at Arsenal. I would be intrigued to see if there's any worry from the club about whether or not this might impact on Martinelli's contract and if he'll want more guarantees about playing time. But, you know, if you want to play at the top, top level for a top club like Arsenal, you have to expect competition will come and you've got to fight for your place in the team. Isoa says, "Team, uh, the team is very good, not great. Uh, what does Arsenal need to become a superpower constantly being competitive i think we've kind of touched upon this it is just that competitive nature throughout every position we need you know right backs that are competitive which i think we have we need center backs to which we're nearly there i think we need to bring one more good center back in to give us more competition there a left back we've got competition but it might change depending on tierney's future we know the midfield needs work we need to bring in competitive options at six and, and left eight we need to bring those in and i think we probably need another uh, another forward uh, to come in on top of mudrick as well to down this route of investing in young players that have got a long-term future yes you can bring in some more experience malikovic savage of course is the big name at the moment but we still need to go down the route of, of investing in youth because that's that's going to be really, really important to make sure of. Um, let's go to... Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more in the chat box. Uh, Moin says, uh, I don't mind getting charged as long as the referee makes the right decisions. But are they doing that? No. I think we Arsenal fans are the product of the most biased agenda made by the media. Uh, now, of course, I would like to say... I am I am an aspect of the media. I feel like I'm not necessarily biased um, in that same way. So it's always important to be specific. Uh, not maybe not naming names, but it's important to be like sections of the media have kind of this weird view of Arsenal. Uh, Morgan says, Tom, it's fun to talk about Chelsea, but I hope they don't really collapse as their last five games include Man United, Man City and Newcastle. Well, hopefully they've recovered things by their Morgie, but not... Uh, before we, of course, play them, because we need to get that win against them at the Emirates after what happened last year, and we lost, or rather last season rather than last year. Uh, let's go to Lynn. He says, I think because Wenger's involved with FIFA, etc., we're hated even more than before. I don't know how much of an impact that has, Lynn, to be honest. I, I doubt it would have much of an impact, but uh, who knows? You never know these days with what's going on in the world of Arsenal and, and how people view this club. Uh, Manu says, how convinced are you that Mudrik maybe could uh, maybe could you compare the certainty of his quality of, of him to our other signings? OK, that's not a bad idea. I mean, if you look at the players that we've brought in, there's been a lot of players under Arteta that you look at and go, there wasn't necessarily the assuredness uh, about them. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale is a great example of a player that everyone doubted before he came in and has come in and done brilliantly well. Um, I think if, you, if it's, it's worth looking not at this last season just gone, but the one before that, Tommy Asu. No one knew Tommy Asu at all. And yet he came in and done brilliantly well. Yes, there's some players that he brought in for the depth of the squad, like Lukonga, like Tavares, haven't necessarily worked out, but they weren't really seen as immediate starters, where certainly Erdegaard, Ben White, Ramsdale and Tommy Asu were, and they did start and they did well. Thomas Partey and Gabriel, of course, have done really well and they were brought in to be starters. It's when Arsenal bring in players that they aim to start that absolutely shows where we find our successes. So if we are bringing in Mudrick to be a starter and compete with the starters in this team, 
that bodes well based upon what we've already done. Uh, Raf says, what is your combined 11? I saw a ridiculous one on Sky yesterday. No problem, Raf. Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Kane, Saka. That's it. Combined 11. However, if you offered me to swap Kane for Gabriel Jesus, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't swap Gabriel Jesus for Kane. One, because we've got five more years of Jesus at the top of his game. Kane's moving towards the end of his career. And I think that's for a system-wise, Gabriel Jesus suits exactly what Arteta wants from a forward. Yes, Kane's collaborative, sure. Um, but I wouldn't swap them. Um, I just wouldn't. <laughs> I just would not give them that potential of Jesus for the next five years. Um, they've they've won nothing with Kane. So I have nothing really to fear about that at all. Um, let's go to uh, scroll down a little bit more because I know I've missed out on some more recent questions in the chat box. Uh, David says, what's your thoughts on Austin Trusty? My thoughts are that I think he's going under the radar still a bit. He's impressing at Birmingham. He's done very, very well there this season. Of course, towards the end of this month, the start of next month, we'll be bringing you our next uh, loan roundup of all the players that we've got on loan. We'll, of course, try and bring you more information and more detailed looks at Miguel Aziz. Now he's playing at an English club, where we can get some more expert insight on that one. Um, but yeah, my thoughts are that I'm excited about Austin Trusty. I'm excited about what he, he might bring or what he might be sold for if he isn't indeed going to be included into the Arsenal squad in the future. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Mark says, due to their financial troubles, Juve is making Vlaovic available and Barca appears to be offering Rafinha. Should we be in for any of them? How do you rate Rafinha and Mudrik? Uh, I, you know, Rafinha is a good player. Obviously, he's a player who plays on the right-hand side. He's not necessarily worked seamlessly at Barcelona. Barcelona are a bit of a chaotic environment, so it's, it's usually a hit or miss with most of the signings that they make anyway. We know he can succeed in the Premier League. We know he's done well at Leeds. I'd be comfortable seeing him join the club. That said, do I think a winger is what we need on top of Mudrik? No, I think we need to move for for a versatile forward who can play in the middle. And Rafinha has played in the middle. Not much. I don't know if he's played enough to convince me that he can operate in that role should we need him to. Um, but maybe I need to do a little bit more research on that one. But on Vlaovic, Vlaovic is a no from me. We that that ship has sailed, and uh, for the right reasons, um, that ship has certainly sailed. Um, let's go to Keith, who says, Tom, do you think Mudrick can transform into a center forward like Henri did under Wenger? Uh, I don't know, Keith. He's never played center forward, he was developed and brought through playing as a 10, playing on the right, and has eventually now settled as to more of a left winger. But never say never. There's no reason why maybe he couldn't be transformed into a centre-forward if we needed him to. But would we really benefit from his abilities, his pace, his acceleration playing on, on through the middle rather than on the left? I think that that is more of a reason to, to see him flourish out in the wide areas. But there's potentially scope for that. I think more so there's more scope for the Martinelli deal uh, sorry, the Martinelli situation to play through the middle than there is the Mudrik situation. Uh, Mohamed says, if Mudrik deals go through, that means it's only a deal for us in January window, considering the amount of money. Uh, so we must compete, uh, complete our team next summer by adding two midfielders and a left-sided centre-back. I'm not sure if Mudrik is the only one we'll do this window. I think there will be still scope to do more business. It depends on what players are available, how much money there is to spend. But I don't think it will absolutely be the only one that we do. I think there is still scope for us to do more business. But in the summer, we do need two midfielders. We do need a centre-back. Absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, Aya says, I think the diabolical management that is happening at Chelsea isn't being talked about enough. 
Uh, they have a Bamiang and a Lukaku issue, along with the crazy spending like the Felix deal. And their best player is 38 years old, Thiago Silva, of course. Um, is it not being talked about enough? I'll happily talk about the diabolic mess that is Chelsea Football Club any day of the week. Um, and it is enjoyable seeing their plights. And it is funny seeing their fans shout, we want our Chelsea back, because ironically, you are getting your Chelsea back. You're getting your Chelsea back before the money. You're getting your Chelsea back before it cheated its way up the Premier League table. So, you know, I have absolutely no problem. You know what the ironic thing about those Ralph Felix song that they sing is that they call us the Arsenal. They have the respect to call us the Arsenal. It's not the Chelsea, it's just Chelsea, you know. But they actually have the understanding to call us the Arsenal. Do you know why? Because we're just a different breed. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. It's an absolute pleasure to join you as always. Um, do drop a like on the video. Do sign on if you would like to help support the channel as a member. You can do that by clicking the join button as well. Subscribe as well to make sure you get all the content. Turn your notifications on. Go watch our preview show. We've already previewed the North London Derby. That came out yesterday. Uh, I'll be live, I think, I believe, on the Arsenal Way at 10 o'clock this morning as well, UK time. Will there be a show this evening? Don't think so, but I'll keep you in the loop in case there is. If there's any big news that drops, of course, we will do some breaking news reaction to it as soon as I feasibly can. And you can check out all of our written work uh, that I do over on football.london, uh, including a piece I've written recently about Mudrick and the hidden benefits of that transfer for the long term in the transfer market and future windows. Worth a read. Maybe something you've not considered about the Mudrick deal yet. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I will try not to delete this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, thank you. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. 